Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. And it's a great episode today because you don't just have to listen to me drone on and on about whatever tangent I happen to be um, passionate or angry about uh, at that particular point in time, because we've got an awesome guest on the show. This is someone I've spoken to a couple of times previously on another podcast, uh, the Chaps Chat Cats, but really privileged to be joined again by former VFLW cat and now AFLW hawk, Tamara Smith. Welcome to the JBSE. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Exciting to be back. No worries. Thank. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back on on the pod. Well, new to this one, but you know, as I said, this is your third time um, chatting on one of the various podcasts I'm involved with. Um, look, I have to start off with is it obviously it's been a while since we've chatted. I think the last time was prior to the 2021 VFLW Grand Final, which was never played, and I thought, oh no, maybe we we jinxed it with that preview episode. Um, hopefully Tamara hasn't held it against us that she never got to play for that VFLW medal. But like, have to start off with a massive congratulations on the jump to AFLW. Like, that's a monumental step in your career. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, been a long time coming, but happy to be mm. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to get into all of that and, and sort of discuss. There's a few angles. I'd love to chat with you um, about that. But just because you're sort of new on this podcast, I wanted to do a little bit of a sort of a rewind, I guess, to start with. And that's sort of just a brief background on yourself and sport and that sort of thing. Something I've been asking a few guests recently um, to sort of start off the conversation. And that is sort of when did you discover sport? Like, what is your earliest? sporting memory that really sticks out to you like I I know you grew up with like in the country with you know you got a bunch of siblings like was sport just something that was always on the go around the house always I don't think there was a day that we weren't playing sport of some kind um yeah. growing up in the country I guess kind of before the internet and Technology was really a massive thing. All you got to do, you know, to entertain yourself was go outside and play sport. Um, so definitely playing in the backyard with my siblings was definitely my earliest memory. Yeah. And was it footy like right from early on for you or was there other sports or like did footy separate itself pretty quickly for you in terms of an interest? Um. Yeah, I dabbled in a few other sports. Um, I did like Marley yep. cricket. I did. I played tennis when I was younger, um, but my parents ran Auskick, so it was kind of like they're going to Auskick every Saturday morning. My siblings are going to Auskick every Saturday morning, so I just kind of got pulled along. Um, yeah. And yeah, so footy was kind of probably my main sport, but I definitely dabbled in a few others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, as you said, you're doing the Oz kick thing. When you sort of 
like at, at what sort of age did you decide like footy is something like I'm going to pursue, you know, like, as you said, you, you know, you played a bit of Milo cricket, you played, you know, this, that, and the other, but like, when did you really look at footy and go, this might be a path for me that I want to follow, you know, as far as I can. And I guess separate to that was the AFLW around when you made that decision. Um, it was probably when I was kind of 14. I used to, when I first started, yeah. I was shocking. Like I was horrible. <laughs> <at 15. laughs> um, I don't know. I must've really loved it because I was not good at it. Um, and then, yeah, kind of when I was 14 and I've been playing with the boys for a few years and I, you know, I was kind of good at it and, you know, I was beating the boys at it. Um, and I was kind of like, mm. gee, you know, this is, this could be my thing. Um, and then, yeah, no, the AFL did not exist at that time. I think they were aiming for 2020 start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when I joined in, in with the girls leagues and stuff like that, and I started to get into the talent pathways, that was kind of when I was like, all right, this is, this could be it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I'm sure me and, pretty much every other girl that plays footy had the the running joke that we were going to be the first female to play in the men's comp. Um, my brothers mm. always used to do that. Um, thankfully, it didn't happen. <laughs> thankfully, we have a women's competition. Um, but, yeah, I think since I was about 14, that's been the dream. How? Because it gets sort of, you know, like a lot of things, I suppose, in sports and life and media, like it gets thrown around a lot like, you know, it, it's so important, you know, you've got to see it to be it sort of thing, you know, and people talk about, you know, that whole idea of representation. But, like, I know it was really exciting for me as a dude when the AFLW came along because it just made so much freaking sense. Like, it, it's just a, an absolute no-brainer from, from my perspective. But I guess someone like yourself you know, a, a young woman who's 14, who's growing up, you know, wanting to play footy. And as you said, the jokes of like, you know, maybe I can be the first female footballer to play in the AFL men's. What was it like watching sort of the birth of that league? And, and how does that impact your ability to dream as a player? Yeah, it was like incredible. I just think of, like when Daisy Pierce was the first draftee and they had all the exhibition matches with Doggies and, and Melbourne and it was kind of like, gee, this could be real. Like this could be legit. Um, and 100% rep representation does matter. And, you know, to, to see someone that's like you doing the things that you want to do is like huge. Um, especially for young kids. So that was really like the first kind of, you know, when the talent pathway started cropping up and the AFLW kicked off, that's kind of when the dream gets real for sure. Mm. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I think like it's it's an interesting thing, like because obviously on the Chaps podcast, um, you know, the three of us lads, like where we often – have joked like if we could only choose one to cover we we do the aflw 
um you know if we yeah. had to give one away like we we just love it as a, as a league it's it's amazing watching the journey of the players um i don't know there's just something about it that that for me it, it really reconnects with a certain spirit of footy i suppose for, for me that's that's maybe died out a little bit in the men's competition you know that the men's comp seems so far removed um from from the older days of footy whereas the the, the aflw i don't know there's just something about it um yeah there's just something about it did i suppose I you know yeah yeah no go go my sister all the time my sister is diehard footy fan like she did her phd in in women's studies in afl and there's yeah. no financial incentive for women to play footy. There's absolutely, we're not going to get paid really a livable wage. Mm. We have to work around our full-time or our part-time jobs or our study. Every mm. woman that you see playing footy is there purely for passion. Like we just love the game so much that we want to play. So I think that's, mm. you know, for the men, they can kind of chase that financial incentive. You know, they're there for the, the you know, what, how many AFL women's players get as much recognition and as much as many endorsements and, and a, a, as big a mm-hmm. fan base as the men's players? Not a lot. So there's not a lot of incentive apart from purely loving footy for us to actually play. So I think that's yeah, and I, it's us. It comes through. It 100%. comes through, and. and, and... I don't know, but it's an interesting one. I've never really talked about it like with with any of the players, um, and, and I suppose I've always felt like a little bit, the, like I've said before, you know, because like the game at the AFLW level, like it's played so often at suburban grounds and that sort of thing, and and you know that's got its its double edged sword, I suppose. Like there's there's obvious concerns about suitability of grounds and does it lend itself to, to best, you know, practice modern day footy. But then there's the other part of it. That's the AFLW club seems so much more connected to the places in which they exist. You know, the fact that the Tigers are playing at punt road, the fact that, you know, um, I mean, the cats have this in men's and and women's, I guess, that they're playing at Kidinia Park. But it's tough because part of me, there's, there's, you know, obviously I, I, my thing is wanting to see, you know, you and your colleagues be able to play, you know, professional, full-time, properly, you know, compensated for your skills and your talent and your and your effort. And then there's this other part of me that, that wonders about like what we lose and what the men's has lost since those guys have stopped doing, you know, there I remember growing up in Geelong and, you know, you'd see the footy players on the back of the rubbish truck of a morning, you know, doing mm. a rubbish round or whatever. Like as a player who's in the process, what's your sort of feeling on that? Like, I don't know if I'm making sense with it, but like, there does seem to be, for better or worse, whatever it is, there is a trade-off when sports go entirely into full-time professionalism. You, you know, breathe it, sleep it, eat it, 
do you think there's something that, that there is a trade-off that there's something that can get lost along the way when it just becomes about money uh yeah i would agree so um whether or not it has to be like that i'm not sure yeah. but yeah i totally agree i think talking to my friends and my family that come and watch they say like it feels very personal for them like it's a lot mm. you know the AFL women's is very you know it's like going to like a grassroots game you get to to pop your picnic blanket mm. down um and things like that um so there definitely is benefits of playing on those smaller grounds and and you know things like that but mm. Yeah, that full-time, live it, breathe it can definitely, yeah, yeah can definitely change it. Well, well, yeah, and I guess it's like, I guess for me it's more that I sometimes think that we've strayed too far in men's sport. It's not so much that I, you know, I think there's ways that we can level up pay and opportunity and stuff for the women's sport you know, league and we absolutely should be because it's just too imbalanced, even from an outsider's perspective of how hard you have to work. Um, but I, yeah, it's more for me. I wonder, I think we've strayed a long way <laughs> in men's professional sport. I've been a bit down on it recently. Um, mm. uh, I'm on a bit of a detox from the NFL yeah. at the moment. Cause it's just, it's just grotesque, like the amounts of money and, and um, anyway, yeah slight tangent on my part but it just yeah always interested to hear um yeah like what what your sort of perspective on that is because i know like you guys have to balance so much like you were i remember you talking about and, and you know playing in the vflw and you played first for the tigers correct and then with the cats yeah um can you sort of fill in the jbse listener like you were making crazy train trips and commitments to make your training happen in that time with richmond yeah i was leaving i was in year 12 at the time so i was leaving school and then catching the train to training um and then i'll get back home at like midnight ish and then wake up for school the next day um and then work the next day in my second year um yeah there's no particularly in the vflw there's not a whole lot of support for um for females especially those coming from mm. country where we're we're hours away from the nearest team um so it's, mm. it's tough but you do it because you love it yeah and and god it absolutely shines through like that stuff that, that you guys are so passionate about it and um yeah it's what you, it, it's what makes it such an interesting um conundrum sometimes watching men's pro sport you're just like some of these people feel like they could take it or leave it <laughs> it's really become a job and um yeah i had a good chat with uh, a bloke a former hurler from ireland a, a couple mm. of weeks ago and we, we talked a lot about this about like the place of sport and it's it really is something more than money like yes yeah. there's something else to it but yeah you've, you've you also have to make sure people are properly 
yeah compensated as well it's a guy it's a tough balance um your transition from from so you go from the tigers down to the cats and you were at the cats multiple years was it three seasons with geelong or was it longer than that um well 2020 i think i went there the season that didn't happen yeah, okay. 21 yeah. 21 yeah so um, yeah three years I don't know if like this is sort of like an awkward question to ask or not, but like you've always been pretty honest about stuff when you've been on the pod. Like you go through this cycle, right? You know, you're, you're with the VFL team. You play really well. Like I remember you sprang onto our sort of radar with like 17 tackles in a game. I think it was. And we were like, holy moly, we've got to talk to Tamara Smith, uh, you know, who's just laid this incredible tackle count. What's it like? Because you went through a couple of sort of draft cycles down in Geelong where you're not, you don't make that jump from the VFL up to the AFLW. Mm. What is it like, I suppose, from your point of view, where you might see other players in your team, you know, get that call up and mm. you don't? I imagine it's kind of a mixed, it could be a mixed emotion when you feel like you're putting in the work what sort did you go through in that process mentally for you? hundred percent. Yeah, it is very mixed feelings. Um, like I know one of my good friends at the Cats, um, Paige, who was killing it at the time, her and I were just like, you feel like you're so happy. I was so happy for all the girls that got picked up, like mm. so deserving of it. And, I, you know, when you play in a team like that, you love you you love the girls, um, mm. but it is like it, it it is disheartening, um, and I think you can kind of go one of two ways. Like at the end of twenty twenty one and the start of twenty twenty two, I was kind of like, all right, well, let's give it a crack. So you know, I signed up to an athletic gym. I, you know, I was doing ticking off all the extras, everything I could do. I was like, I've got to do it. Um, and, you know, talking to a few of the girls, it was kind of like, if, if it's not this year, then it, like, I can't keep playing footy. I've got work. I've got, it's taking up so much time just for like, mm. not nothing. Like I love the game, but it's just coming to this point where it's like, it's taking hours out of my week and I'm behind on my studies and I can't work. And, you know, I'm just not enjoying it anymore because it's, it's taking so much time and I'm just you know, trying to find this balance. Like you're 21 and you're living out of home and you're trying to figure everything out and you're like, I love it. I love footy. Like footy is my life, but I'm just like, it's just too much and something's got to give. Mm. Um, yeah, so it kind of started end of last year, start of end of 2021, start of 2022. I was like, this is it. I'm going to give it a crack. Um, mm. And then kind of, you know, with the new teams coming in, I remember talking to the girls and I was like, gee, like this could be it. Like there's hundreds of spots coming up. Um, and then I hadn't heard anything, hadn't heard anything. And I was just like, I'll just focus on the VFL season and whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, don't have any expectations. And yeah, so grateful that it, that it did happen and that Hawthorne, took that punt on me but it you know for a bit there it was just like it's it gets too much you know so it, it was like 
so you you know you how do I word this you're I would never take away from the girls that did get picked up and Mm. they're also deserving of it but there is always this thing in the back of your mind like why not me you know what it what have they got that I don't blah blah blah. um Mm. so so tough so so yeah yeah I can imagine because like I mean I haven't it's been a long time since I've played in a in an organized sort of sporting environment but like you know even as a as a teenager and stuff and and a young adult being involved like team dynamics are so interesting you know because you are so close but then um yeah I can't even imagine that like you know where you're all sort of you're all trying to get to the same spot you know you're all putting yourself out there looking to be picked up at that next level and then you see people go and look it always it always blew my mind i guess you know when another cycle would come and i'm like how did one you know as a cats fan always disappointed that they didn't grab you up to the afl level but then but constantly blown away that you didn't land somewhere else Mm. sort of thing because uh, you know it was just sort of shocking but like uh, you know um I suppose what you were just talking about there too is why there has to be this step up from the AFL to paying, you know, the W players properly because you can't expect people like you guys are training like professionals. So then you have to be paid like professionals. Like that's, that's, that's the crux of it. You know, like, this is an argument that comes up a lot in some other sports I follow that are they're amateur. And it's particularly with the GAA um, over in Ireland and Gaelic football and hurling is that, you know, these, these players are now training like three, four, five nights a week and they're amateur. They're not getting paid and they're having to work and study. And, and it does reach this critical mass kind of point where it's like, well, either we've got to let people cut back on training so they can live their life around their mm. passion or we're going to have to professionalise because you can't, as you said, it just gets too much at a certain point of view. Um, it's funny you use the word like that, you know, Hawthorne took a punt on you. Like I, I feel like it was not so much a punt as a sound investment. Like my yeah. goodness, like such a, um, like so how did that come about? Like, what was that process like? How did you find out that you were that you were going to make that jump, that they'd picked you up? It's the most <laughs> terrifying <laughs> month of my life. <laughs> they, um, yeah, so um, Mitch, the recruiter, called me and then we organised a meeting and we had a meeting just to kind of get to know each other. Um, and then after that, I hadn't really heard much, maybe for about a week or so. And then he called me up and he was like, all right, um, we're going to send you to get your medical. And I was like, um, and I was talking to my, I was, I uh, was living with Liv Fuller at the time who was with cats and she was like, all right, that's a good sign. Like so sending you to get a medical, that's a tick. Um, so I organized all that, went and got all that done. And then again, I hadn't heard for a little bit and then, Mitch called me and he was like, look, we're still deciding stuff. Like, 
you know, we'll keep you updated, we'll keep you in the loop. Um, and then a couple of weeks went by and I was just like, all right. And, you know, you, you're you on the socials and you're seeing all these girls getting signed and I was just like, okay, cool. It's just, it's not happening. That's all right. Like just focus on the VFL season. You've got finals coming up. You know, I was in the, my last year of uni. I was like, it's, it's all right. Um, don't worry about it. Don't stress. Um, so then I just kept mm. playing VFL and then, God, I was in the middle of my uni exams. Um, I had the flu, so I was dead. I, um, and Mitch called me and I was just like, I was dead. I was tired. I was just like, I was like, no, I'm not in the mood for bad news today. So I'm just going to let it ring out for, for now. Um, and then <laughs> very mature thing to do. Um, <laughs> He called me, I'd, I'd been sleeping all day. He, he called me when I was asleep and then twice he'd called me when I was asleep. And then I woke up that afternoon. I was like, oh, I should probably call. Like, this is, I need to call back. Um, so then I called back and Mitch and Becca in the room and he was like, oh, we're just calling you to let you know we're signing you. And I was cold and like, I was on cold and flu tablets. I was half delirious, you know. I don't even know what was going on. So I was like, what? <laughs> um, and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll send you through the paperwork now. And I was just kind of like, like, you, are you serious? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you know, the tears start and I was just like, ran out to leave. And I was like, what's just happened? <laughs> like, yeah. my dream. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that was on the Tuesday and they were like, we start on Monday and I was like, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Like yeah. what during that time, like, you know, you said, you know, you're just going to focus on the VFL W season and what will be, what will be. Um, how hard is it though, as an athlete? Like, I feel like, you there's so much like that is within your control from in terms of like, like you know you know what you choose to eat what how you choose to train how hard you're able to train like you're able to define so much of like how your career runs but then there's this like little percentage of it which matters for a lot that you have no control over you know, you're just yeah. waiting for someone to, as you said, pick up that phone and sign you. Like, how do you manage that mindset? Like, it, it, it's it's one thing to say, like, yeah, I'll just let it be what it will be. But how hard is that? What what like <laughs> have you got into meditation or what? Like, what, what how do you how do you find that space to to just let it be? I was I don't know like uh, the. Kat's VFL team were amazing. Like those, the girls were were incredible and, you know, talking with girls who had been signed and hadn't been signed and talking with coaches and stuff, the, the whole thing was just, you know, my whole thing for the year was I'm just going to have a crack. I'm going to have fun because when I have fun, I play well. Um, and I'm just going to, you know, if, mm. if I've ticked every box and I've done everything I can and it doesn't happen, then you know there's nothing more that i could have done so that's yeah. you know kind of just it is what it is um and it's hard to come to terms yeah. with that like 
that and the reality of, of footy in life is that you can do everything right and someone can just do it better and that's unfortunate and it like sucks but I just thought you know I'll give it a crack I'll tick every single box I can tick um and you know I was fortunate enough for it to happen but it's tough and I'm lucky I was lucky that I was surrounded by other people who were in the same situation and we could we could talk and air our frustrations and and say yeah this is shit like that's just the reality it's just shit sometimes um but it's so tough like it is even when you're not thinking about it you are thinking about it because it's just in the back of your mind every game you're like could this be the game that gets me drafted could this be the Mm -hmm. game that that makes them decide they don't want me so Mm -hmm. it's tough um but I feel very lucky in that I was with people who understood the situation and could support me through that yeah yeah like having those allies around us in life is so so important because sometimes yeah i definitely feel that in life like sometimes i'm not my best self but if you've got some allies around you who know like hey here's a reminder of like where you're at like it's actually all right you're having a shitty day here but you know you're actually on a good path you know you're making progress towards your goals whatever and you can sort of be like ah thank god i got to fucking vent a bit and and everything's kind of reset. 100%. Um, I, I can't even imagine the stress of knowing like every game that you're playing VFLW, like that's getting put on tape. And you know, someone somewhere in an office is pouring over that footage going, hmm, that kick, you know, back across the, the, the defensive 50. Don't know, how, what does that say about the decision making or whatever it might be? Like it's, yeah, the level of scrutiny is, is crazy um yeah there was definitely a lot of tears throughout the season just (laughs) (laughs) like i am a bit but it was next level but it's just like and i was really lucky in that i'd played with these girls for a few years and we knew each other like the back of our hand Mm. like we just knew um how each other played and we complimented each other and like even i think a page and i are very similar players but but we just worked together mm. um, like our doctor would always call us a dynamic duo because we just would know <laughs> where each other are and, and you know, we we would always work for each other even when we were both wanting to get picked up and we were both very similar players. We were, you know, it would never be, we weren't trying to hog the ball from each other or anything. We would, mm. we would always still be on that mindset of like this is a team we're a team. Mm. If you, if you play for the team, it makes you look good. Um, and I think that's mm. really special. And Paige ended up at the Swans. Yeah. Yes. Is that, yes. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. So both yeah. of you, the, the dynamic duo gets sort of separated, but how amazing that you both get to, to sort of live, live that dream. Um, I actually predicted, I don't know if it was ever recorded on the podcast, but I said, Early in 2022, I said to to both Sam and Johnny, I said, I have a feeling, chaps. Um, and now there's obvious history for, for us with yeah. the Hawks, with the 2008 grand final. Um, and I said to them, I said, look, I think if the Cats don't make the move to elevate Tamara up, 
I have this feeling that she's going to end up in Hawthorne <laughs> because I said the expansion team, I said they're going to be looking for players like that who have massive work ethic, who, you know, are sort of team first, solid individuals and lo and behold the draft rocks around they said you jinxed it jake you jinxed it um but so yeah like we were just so happy for you and it was surreal watching you run out you know for that first time um what was it like was it was the essendon game the first game that you got that you played was it essendon hawks uh, yeah, yeah. We had a couple of practice matches, but that was the first for points. It that was, was an insane game. What was it, it like was, for you? I still pinch myself. Like, I just, like, you're running out of the race. I'm like, this is a stadium. This is legit. Yeah. Um, and seeing all the, the the fans in the crowd and I was, you know, you're looking up on the big screen and you're like, that's me. Like, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like having your friends and your family in the crowd. Like my friends made signs and my family had this whole bay and I was like, oh, God, it just it's like that's what footy's about, you yeah. know. Like yeah, when you make your debut and your family's there, are there and you know there's just diehard footy fans in the crowd I was like like oh it's just so surreal so surreal mm. and like two really storied like clubs too that that's mm. that's really when I feel like for, for better and worse and you know there's been a lot of negativity as there sometimes is you know about like oh I was too quick to expand or whatever but but yeah. from my point of view, it it finally felt like the league was complete. That having yeah. clubs like Essendon and Hawthorne like in it really did complete the picture. And to for, for that game to be the first one that the Hawks and Bombers, you know, take on each other, which is a famous rivalry in the men's as well. And the game lived up to all the history between those two clubs. Like it was amazing. And uh, like I went through, you know, you ranked sixth in disposals per game for the Hawks this season, second in tackles per game, and you would have been first except that Tilly Lucas Rod is also an absolute tackling machine. I think you were within 0.1 tackles per game of each other. Yeah. Um, um, you're fourth in contested possessions. Um, uh, you're up there, I think, in the top four or five in the clearances as well. And, and in AFLW wide, not just the Hawks, sixth in tackles per game. There are only five other players who manage more tackles per game than you. How much of a fit has it been for you, Tamara Smith and the Hawks? Like it always seemed like a natural, uh, you know, marriage for me. How's it felt stepping in um, at Hawthorne for you? Yeah. It, like the first week maybe I was just like, still in I was I think I was in shock <laughs> um like rocking up to training and seeing like Kate Ashmore and Sarah Perkins and Jess Duff and I'm like I watched you guys like like you guys are my role models um yeah. <laughs> and just to meet them and and like oh it was so surreal and then 
you know, I, I honestly did not think I was, I was aiming to play three games. That was my goal for the year. Um, and, you know, as the, the preseason progressed, I had a bit of a calf injury, so I was out for a few weeks. Um, and then I was just like, by the time I came back, I was like, shit, there's like six weeks to round one. Like, i I got to do something. Like, um, mm. and of course, the short preseason and the first few weeks is like non contact. I'm like, oh, this isn't really me. Like, I'm not really, you know, the skills and the things isn't, isn't my strength. Um, so when it came around to including match sim and, and intra clubs and, and practice matches, I was like, I have got to like show them like why they picked me. Um, mm. And it wasn't, you know, I was never sure about whether I would play at all or round one or, um, mm. but every game I got picked, I was just like, I got to just bring what I bring, you know, I just got to bring the pressure, bring the tackles. Um, and, you know, DMAC and, and Keegan, our midfield coaches and Beck would, would just tell me every week, you know, kind of bring that, um, bring the pressure. And the rest will come. So, yeah, they, um, you know, the coaching team and, and the leadership team and Tilly in particular were, were so supportive and, and you know, were a guiding hand through the season. So um, I think that helped me bring my best each week mm. um, and, you know, allowed me to find my spot in the side. Yeah, and, and like just from an outsider's perspective watching last year, like I thought the Hawks were clearly, um, you know, vying with the Bombers as that sort of best of the expansion sides. Um, you know, you got the three wins. There were probably other games, you know, you probably felt like you were in, um, you know, and, and could have taken – yeah. What we what are your sort of feelings coming out of the season? How did you sort of grade it as a group for yourselves? Did it did it meet some expectations? Did it fall short of of where you hoped you might be? How was it sort of looked at? Um, a mix of both. Like obviously, there's the the acknowledgement and the congratulations. Like winning three games in your first season is mm. yeah, um, not an easy feat, and to to win against West Coast who's a, an established club and who we played in the preseason who who gave us a bit of a dressing down and then to come in season and see that improvement in such a short period of time like that was you know that definitely worthy of celebration but it's also the other side of the coin where it's like well especially we played Brisbane and there's a very big you know that's where you need to be like that is the goal so you know, when we played against them and we saw the way they played and how everything worked and it was like, you know, for for where we are and, and being a new team, we've done awesome. Mm. But if we want to be the best, that's where we need to be. So there's definitely um, a bit of mix. Yeah, r room to grow and all that sort of thing and, and uh, no doubt the, the group there to do it like it seems like such an obviously i don't know mm. just from from the coaching group to the playing group just the vibe 
that I took away from from that first season, like obviously pointed in the right direction. I think there's a lot of teams that will be looking over their shoulders. Um, you know, in 2023, when the Hawks hit the field again, um, look, I've taken 40 minutes of your time that you've generously, yeah, generously given for the show. Um, could talk with you for hours and hours about this stuff because, yeah, you're always a great interview because you are honest, you're down to earth, you, you're, you're yeah. yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, which, and I think honestly, like, that's something that I feel like uh, so important. You know, the, the, the more people you sort of chat with over time and that sort of thing, and you, and you find the people who are sort of, they're, they're real, you know, not afraid to just be themselves and for that to be enough. And I, I've no doubt that that was probably a really important thing when teams were looking to sort of, for a player to add to their group, especially a young group. Um, yeah, looking for people who are, yeah, who, who, who are pretty comfortable, you know, in their own skin, playing the game their way. So huge congratulations to you. So happy for you um, and just can't wait to watch the rest of your journey. And hopefully um, you, you know, have you back on the pod again um, for chats down the line. I really appreciate it tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jake. Appreciate it. No worries at all. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, be well.